and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. It is Tuesday, May 8th, at least it is when we're recording this. I am Conor O'Gara, he is Chris Marler. We are both one year older exactly for having Ugh. experienced birthdays this past weekend. How does old age feel? It's not great, but I tell you what, we had a bouncing house, which was great. I got my lip busted because it's a boxing bouncy house. Took all of one fight before one of my idiot friends came, he's like 6'9", came downhill, hit me right in my mouth, busted my lip. The good news is we had a lot of leftovers uh, that from catered tacos. So I've had tacos for the last eight meals straight, and that's not sad at all. It's great. No, that's actually yeah. the, the best possible scenario that you can have from a birthday party. Uh, surprised that it took you you having um, a bouncy house with boxing to get your first busted lip. I know. It was crazy. Very surprised it didn't happen sooner. Very punchable face. My birthday, a little bit less eventful. Did We did, uh, wife and I did some blueberry picking on Saturday. I realize that's like the most basic <laughs> thing I could say besides eating quiche, but uh, yeah, nobody really wants to hear about my birthday. You guys send us the presents that we asked for, five-star views. We're gonna get that's to those right. later on. We're gonna get to some SEC quarterback talk, specifically SEC transfer quarterback talk, a little bit later on, a couple other things that we wanna get to. But first, I wanna start with Kirby Smart and his new deal. We knew it was coming. Georgia coach is making bank. He's gonna be making $7 million a year, a seven-year deal. Essentially the Gus Malzahn deal, probably the, the language in there is a little bit different. What a crazy sentence you just said. I know. Essentially that, just modeled after the Gus Malzahn contract after he didn't make it to the national championship. That's. I feel like that was probably what the bar was set yeah. at. I mean, if you're if you're Kirby Smart, you know, people people said like, okay, was Kirby Smart going to be going anywhere? Why did Georgia give him all this money? That's not the way this works. It's not like Georgia just showed up on his doorstep and said, here's no. $49 million that we didn't have to give you. And that another you F-150. For. Yeah. Oh, an F-150 would be, that'd be a pretty nice little throw in. I think that's what he has because it's sponsored, Connor. It's not. Oh, right. That's how it works. Yeah. I should know how these things work. Wait, are now. we not going to talk about the Met Gala first or LeBron versus Jordan? Because that's been all over my Twitter. We're, not, we're, not, we're going to skip that today? I'll say it in Spanish. No. Thank God. Okay, good. No, I saw the 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 Kirby. Wow, the Kirby, the Kirby Smart deal, and yeah, I think he deserves it. I think I think it was like it is weird that it was modeled after the Malzahn thing, or maybe not modeled, but it was like the benchmark. Yeah, Gus Malzahn's contract set the bar for the new contracts that are be coming through in college football, especially in the SEC. Yeah, so Kirby joins this seven million dollar club of coaches who have made seven million dollars in a season, and I include Davo Sweeney in that club. I know he's only set to make, I believe it's 6.75 million in 2018. He had a front-loaded deal that allowed him to make more than $7 million in 2017. So we're gonna include him in the club, and the club consists of, uh, you could probably guess it, but it's Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo, Jim Harbaugh, Gus Malzahn, Kirby Smart, and Jimbo Fisher. Brett Bielema so, close. Brett Bielema close. He kept trying to contract uh, or negotiate to 6.9. I remember that, and then just giggling nonstop. So he was close, but now he's fired. So, yeah, the $7 million club. Uh, what an exclusive club. Like, it's you look at it, it's so top-heavy. It's like Dolly Parton top-heavy. It is, it is Saban, Urban. Dabo, and then you're like, hey, <laughs> Harbaugh, Malzahn, Smart, and Jimbo Fisher. So you have three new members to this club, all yeah. in the SEC, all of this offseason that this comes. Well, I guess Malzahn was in December and it was before the bowl game. But all in the same division. No, yeah. I'm sorry. Smart is not in that division. Smart is not. But all in the SEC and all joining this exclusive club. And 
no coincidence that Malzahn was the first guy to get that that number. And it's, you know, you can point and mock the, the Jimbo Fisher contract, $75 million guaranteed. Yeah. That's, the, you know what, maybe they, they overpaid, they probably overpaid for him. But, you know, people that said... The, that's that the going were, rate that's, for that's a designated kind of, hitter. That's kind of the going rate to go out and get a guy who has a national championship. And, you know, as we know, there are only four guys on, well, three guys on planet Earth. Or I three just, active coaches right now. I shouldn't say planet Earth. Just no, the well, no, but the Kirby's, the, the Jimbo Fisher thing, I've said this before. I'll say it again. And it's not appropriate, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, Connor. I'm 32 now. I'm allowed to say I don't care. I'm allowed to say whatever I want now because I'm old. Adult. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher going five and six and demanding a raise and negotiating himself into a bigger contract, that is 100% like forgetting your wife's birthday and then still expecting birthday sex afterwards like that's like you've said this reference three times it's good reference connor it's a good reference it makes no sense it's it's crazy he got guaranteed 75 million dollars but i kind of understand where you're coming from if you're texas and you you want to be able to compete like saban i think the bottom line so by the way four active coaches with national championships right all of which are in this this club by no coincidence. You, <laughs> All of these deals, though, the market has been set by Saban so much. It's incredible. Right. I could look at every single one of these deals and connect it back to what Saban has done at Alabama and say that is exactly what they had in mind, and that is why this coach is making X amount of dollars. Right. Even like So the odd man out in, that, in this conversation, a lot of people will, will point to Jim Harbaugh and say, why does he belong with this club? Right. And Jim Harbaugh is in this club because he wanted the Saban deal when he got to Michigan. Like, like Saban, he left the NFL and said, I want complete control. I got burnt out by the fact that I didn't have total roster control. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I want to be able to do things my way. I want the ADs to just get out of the way and let me run this thing and build it the way that I know how. And that's why Jim Harbaugh was able to get that kind of money. And you know, people forget that Michigan was a five-win team before he got there. As much as they struggled last year, they're still in a much better place. So that's why people he's making that People also forget that, that when, before he left to go to San Francisco, keep in mind, he did take he did take the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I and mean, if the lights didn't mysteriously go out like the Undertaker freaking showed up in, in the Superdome, they might have won. But before yeah, you were, that, you were betting there, on that game. You were definitely oh, betting on doubt. that game. With that, so there's, there were four teams, and I'm, the fourth team is escaping me. But I know this is like going from 2009 to 2012, or maybe it was like 2010, 2000. It was 2011, 2012, maybe, and maybe even 13. There were four teams in all culture world that were averaging 11 wins a year. And one of them was South Carolina is when they had Clowney. One of them was Alabama, of course. I want to say the other one was Oregon, but the other one was Stanford. And, of course, he had Andrew Luck. There was a, there was a three-year or four-year stretch where he was – they were one of the top programs in the country. And after they were absolutely nothing. They, I right. mean, they were nothing. When, I think they were a one-win team when he got there. Like, that's the yeah, kind of I rebuilding mean, job. Right. So it's people, hard to get people to go to Palo Alto and, and have to read books and stuff and play football. Yeah, only the Christian McCaffreys of the world who are just, like, incredible at everything want to do that, apparently. So but, Wes Welker. Yeah. Wow. To Julian That's, Edelman in the slot. What a what a reference. Wonder what you could possibly be talking about about his physical uh, attributes there. <laughs> he's what? Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> no, I think yeah. he, like he's kind of deserving. But like, I I mean I get why they gave him the money. I think he's more deserving than Fisher. Yeah. I mean. Fisher is the home run swing because of the fact that he's won a national title and he has shown that he, for the last six years, with the exception of, you know, what he did this past season after DeAndre Francois went down, he showed that he could compete at an elite level. And if you're Texas right. A&M, you know, we, everybody joked about, you know, Fisher 
possibly even being a candidate at Texas A&M. If right. you had told if you had told any Texas A&M fan, yeah, you're actually going to get Jimbo Fisher, they would have said, "All right, give, give him the blank check. I don't care what what he yeah. makes. It doesn't doesn't Great really matter reference. to me." And <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to reference blank check back to back weeks. <laughs> so, here's the thing. Saban has set the market for these coaches and the reason that they're able to pay a guy like Kirby Smart who has 2 years of head coaching experience is two. now in this 7 million dollar club. They're able to pay because the profits are obviously astronomical. Yeah. They've never been greater. You have a program like Alabama that profited $45 million from the football program alone. And Saban's making $11 million. So look at he, look at the return on investment. You can pay, I've said it for years, you could pay him 20 a year and it wouldn't it would still be underpaying him for what he's done for that university. And 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 I will say this strictly from a selfish standpoint. And Bama fans, if you think I'm crazy, there's not much else going on in that state. Okay? There's not much else going on in that state. And if you, if somebody said, hey, listen, as a fan base, as boosters, as alumni, as whatever, we got to pull together $20 million to get Coach Saban to say. Yep. And you, and then they're like, ah, oh, that's a lot of money. I don't know. But I'm not, not just talking about like, you know, people that make millions of dollars a year. I'm talking about like, like, do you take my salary per year? I'll throw in some money because if it means I don't have to go back to going six and six like and playing in the freaking Independence Bowl. Yeah. If going to play the Independence Bowl every other year or the Music City Bowl or crap like that or losing to Auburn for six straight years. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, mar- the market has skyrocketed recently, and it wouldn't surprise me, really, if Saban became the first coach to make $20 million. He's worth it. I, I absolutely think he's worth it. I think Kirby could be worth it at Georgia. I think a lot of these guys on this list could be worth it. The thing that... Derek Mason. He's got an uphill climb. He's got an uphill climb. The guy with the lowest floor on this list, though, is still Malzahn. Without and a doubt. Malzahn is the, the, the head scratcher because <laughs> he's had these seasons where Auburn looks really, really average, but he's also the only coach in the country who has beat Nick Saban twice at his current team. Only active coach. Right. I know Urban did it, but Urban did it once at Florida, once at Ohio State. So. Yeah, he also did it with two teams that won the national championship, and he had exactly. Tim Tebow on one of them. And then, what's they, well, the other time they had a third-string quarterback. I'm not going to get into that one. So that's why Malzahn makes the money that he does. And then, you know, it all comes back to, you know, this most recent addition to the $7 million club, that is why Kirby Smart is making the money that he is making, even though yeah. he only has two years of experience. You know what's bizarre about that is that, like, I think Kirby Smart's a great coach, but what's kind of weird when you think about it is, well, I was almost going to reference, all right, you have the 2013 Iron Bowl where where Auburn won. On what happened? A, on a, shut up. I missed the on, end. It's my birthday still. I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> no, it's not. But, uh, yeah, it was a freaking miracle. And then you have the next year, people kind of forget about this, but Bama was down 34-21 or 33-21 in the third quarter. Blake Sims had thrown three interceptions. And if they could – Auburn put up 630 yards of offense in that game with Nick Marshall at quarterback. If, if they could have just covered Amari Cooper, he probably would have beat him again. And the adverse of that is that your boy Kirby Smart was the defensive coordinator for both those games. And any Auburn fan can tell you what life looks like without Gus Malzahn. Yeah. I mean, that 2012 season where he's not there and they completely fall apart. And Oh, I mean, the year yeah. after they won the national championship, they had the biggest fall off in the history of college football from, from one year uh, removed from a national title. Yeah, I mean, the one year that he's been away from the program essentially for the last decade where he you know, went to Arkansas State. And that's that was probably a huge point of leverage for him in the, those negotiations. And that is what has changed this market. It's, yeah. it's amazing how you can point to one little thing like that 
and the leverage that these coaches have. Uh, it's, to be 100% honest, I'm surprised that they don't make more. I think that I, eventually yeah. they With what I, they're bringing in. As it, long you as know, TV contracts don't about. completely fall off, they're going to keep these salaries are not going to all of a sudden just taper no. off. Like they're, they're, they're going to keep going up and people need to be ready for that. And people keep talking about how like, well, you know, like people are going to less games and they're watching more games from home. So like they're losing like stadium revenue. It doesn't matter because they're getting bigger and bigger TV contracts. But you know, it's crazy to think about. So Malzahn was a high school coach, like, you know, a decade ago and in Arkansas. And then, you know, he's beaten Saban twice. Hugh Freeze, not in coach right now, also a high school coach a decade ago. You have to ask yourself, could Saban coach high school football? And I don't think he could. I don't think he'd be a good high school football coach, obviously. So, I mean, he's lucky he caught a break in college because otherwise he wouldn't be doing jack blank at the high school level. That's where it matters. 100% factual. Uh, did you see uh, the Darren Ravel tweet about what Kirby Smart is going to be making per day? No. God dang it. Please, Lord. $19,000 a day. That's pretty cool. It's not as much as I thought it would be. Did you a see the, day? No, did so you see think the tweet about he had about the horse? About American Pharaoh? This will make you want to... I don't follow Darren Ravel on Twitter. If somebody retweets what? him, I'm going to see... No, 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 no. Come on. I'm not going to clog my feed like Okay, that. listen. So, American Pharaoh... I was talking about this the other day, because my aunt and uncle, they had a house in the Bahamas, and it got bought by this guy. He just literally came by. He's like, we want this house. And they're like, no, this is our house. We just built it. And they're like, no, we really want it. And so, they, they threw out this, like, astronomical number, and it was like $2 million worth or more than it was worth, and the guy bought it on the spot. He was a horse breeder. So they're talking about this past weekend, the Kentucky Derby, American Pharaoh, who won like a couple years ago. That horse breeds, in quotes, three times a day, right, for $200,000 per insemination. That's $30 billion a year. So Kirby so, Smart's a bargain is what you're saying. Yeah. Tw- I mean, 19 grand. If he was a horse, he'd be getting 600000 a day. So mm. you're lucky, guys. Yeah, when you put it like that. That makes a lot of sense. Plus, that mm. horse probably has better hair. So there's that. He's got a better mane. Dude can have whatever hair he wants for that kind of money. <laughs> a guy with good hair. We're gonna, this is we're, this is how we're gonna tie this into it. John Parker Wilson got like the he had the Bama Bangs. Bama Bangs. Right? JP Dub. So he had a little bit of a bold claim uh, this past week where he came out and said that I can't remember which radio show that he went on. I apologize for forgetting that. I but think it was a three man front on uh, Jocks. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of people say some some bold stuff on that show. Big yeah, time. They liked one of my tweets today, so I, I'm a big fan. Sick brag. Um, so John Parker Wilson's claim was that Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee is a bigger threat to Alabama than Kirby Smart at Georgia, and that is. Wow, that's that's bold. Even though Australia is a bigger threat to America than North Korea. Look, I did it too. There you yeah, go, guys. It's pretty <laughs> much the same audience that you're that you're speaking to as well. Right. So <laughs> yeah, totally the same. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt is uh, getting some serious praise from a guy who he coached back at Hoover High. We love two a days on this show. We are Great definitely show. we are definitely I mean, a what pro do you two do days podcast. What do you do in Rawls? God, that's one of your better better coach impersonations. <laughs> so good. Yet. It's Pruitt, Pruitt at two days. It's not yeah. Pruitt at Tennessee. That's also a little bit of Coach Coach Probst. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they they kind of sound a little bit similar. John Parker Wilson, though, I, I get it. Like the idea of supporting your guy. He's been, you know, probably somebody that he's been close with over the years. They've and had he's a potluck dinner together before. Oh, it, several. To say the least. We were talking about this earlier. Think about the basic premise. Go back to your and anybody who's listening. Go back to when you played high school football. Now, picture your defensive coordinator. You love your defensive coordinator. You think he's a great guy. 
Picture a decade later saying, yes, I think that guy is the biggest threat to the biggest dynasty in the modern era right. of college football. That's how, so, like, if you think about it like that, it's it's nuts. My high school was really good at football. We won three straight national or state championships. Another sick brag. And we're ranked number two in the country behind De La Salle. This is not a joke. Parkview High School. Go look it up. Yeah, There's like, no effing way any coach from that team, I would ever be like, that guy? Yeah. That guy, you know my history teacher I was telling you about? <laughs> the one that taught me all about the Sudan and the, what UAE stood for in the Middle East? That so that guy he he's probably a good coach he probably beat Saban no absolutely not that, that guy coaches has to buy his own teachers. colored pencils every year there's no chance that guy is going to be able to beat Nick Saban five years from now yeah I think that's a fair point in that yeah most most assistant coaches at high school programs uh, don't have the rise of Jeremy Pruitt and no. things go a little bit differently for them. That just speaks to how incredible Pruitt's rise has been, though. I mean, yeah. I remember watching him on that show. What was it, 12, 13 years ago? Wait a and second. It's like, yeah, it was 13 years Maybe ago, Maybe right? it was 12 years ago. It was Maybe that's the secret, because he was a high school coach. Ooh. We just talked ourselves into it. Gus Malzahn. Mind blown. Yep. Pruitt's going to win the freaking national championship this year, man. Chad Morris is probably going to get to a national oh, championship. Oh, God. Wow. That's what that's that's you know what we've we've uncovered the entire thing. That's what you got to do in the SEC now to beat Saban. Just be a you high school. You got to bring coach. in a high school coach. <laughs> he runs like a wing tee or some ridiculousness with like a tearaway jersey. And yeah, Saban can't stop the triple option with a five eight hundred and sixty pound white quarterback running it. There's no chance. Somebody you better hire, hope Nebraska doesn't do it. Somebody go hire Coach Probst. Wait, is he? Didn't he get a job on so, like Tennessee so staff of, or something? One of the most impressively bold things I've ever heard in my entire life. This man had two families, not not a mistress. Yeah, he things didn't end well for two him. families three miles apart in Birmingham in Hoover, and then was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I don't want to blow the lid off this whole thing, blow my cover, so my other family knows about my other family. I'm gonna get a damn TV show on MTV. He basically the original catfish, killing it. He's a coach at Colquitt County, and they have been in a state championship. I'm not sure if they won or not. I think they have. At least, like, two of the past three years. But he's currently under investigation. He might be suspended, or maybe this was last year, because he got mad at one of his players and headbutted him with the player's helmet on. So now he's, like, being looked at for, I don't know. It's frowned upon. Child abuse or something. I don't know. Yeah. Remember the first episode of that show of Two Days where Jeremy Pruitt's first Big experience on the national Didn't stage. Know what asparagus was, was. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Had no idea what asparagus was. I we still don't know if he's been able to figure that out. His first big, the first time we should have known that Jeremy Pruitt was going to be a star. That first episode, they played against Tebow. Yeah, and he they beat Tebow. So how? I mean, how did we not know back then that the defensive coordinator on this high school team on this MTV well, show? Well, they were loaded at, at defense. You got to remember that team. They had Max. Alex. Ed, Strong, Ed Strong said they had Alex, number 34. And Alex, you say what you want to off the field. He was a womanizer. He wasn't real focused in the classroom. That boy was a hell of an outside linebacker. I kind mean, looks I, like Mark Wahlberg a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I don't remember that that well. It was, again, 12 years ago. My favorite person ever on two days was was repeat, repeat and they asked him why his name was repeat because his dad's name was pete <laughs> oh that's awesome that's, that's incredible. so great what a yeah, great I mean, character i mean they were they were dynasty they were a pretty damn good football team i mean thanks to alex number 34 right you remember his number we dressed up as them for halloween oh that's right. i was coach probes i was actually in good shape at the time too so i don't know why i got disregarded on that one who dressed up as john parker wilson he did he wasn't on the show he was already at alabama 
Uh, you have so much to learn about stuff. Wait, no, no, no. He was gone. He graduated in 2004, same year as me. Really? We played baseball against each other in, in high school. Eh, whatever. Yeah. We'll move on. Jeremy Pruitt will always be the star of Two a Days, in my opinion. And we were in the Tennessee same street, in street, same street in Smith Magazine for players to watch all across the country in baseball, 2004. It's whatever. We talk about it. I'll send you a copy. I got a couple of them. You took one path, and he took another. <laughs> and here you are. He has better hair, so that's yeah, fine. All comes back to that. All right, we're going to stick with the quarterback conversation. This is pretty big in the news right now. We were out ahead of this. I'd like to. I'd like the record to show. Yeah. This is, this is my, okay, my shameless plug. We got, what, like 18 minutes into the podcast before I threw a shameless plug out there? Less than me. So I wrote about this on Monday for later in the week. Uh, about Joe Burrow, Ohio State backup quarterback, and why he was going to be an attractive graduate transfer option for great hair, a handful of SEC good shoulders. Teams. He's got the look. He's I got haven't the seen hair. what it looks like yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so and then of course you know news news breaks before this podcast that he is indeed going to be transferring from Ohio State. He's going to have a lot of interest across the country, really not just in the SEC, but. Nebraska is going to be a popular school just because his dad uh, his dad went there. His two older brothers went and played there as well. And Tom Herman's also probably going to be recruiting him because if you don't have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. And he recruited him to come to Ohio State in the first place. So Joe Burrow is a guy that could shake up the way that this that the way that we view some of these quarterback battles in the offseason because Florida could be attractive, LSU could be attractive. And before you say Wait, is this guy another Malik Zaire? His situation's a little bit different. And I'll I'll give you the background on him because it's worth it's worth noting, and I understand that this is still a roll of the dice, and nobody's saying that Joe Burrow is gonna go win a Heisman tomorrow and be the next Russell Wilson. Here's what I will say about him. He is a guy that has never been able to start at Ohio State because by the time he showed up on campus, Ohio State was fresh off a national championship win. And that quarterback room when he first arrived there oh was my God. Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones, JT Barrett. Okay. They moved Braxton Miller to receiver after he had won two straight Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year awards. And they were like, "No, no." Do you, do you remember what? Like, I, I give I give uh, JT Barrett crap because he he just became he became such an old man. He's wearing two two knee braces. He looked like a like an offensive lineman or a Stanford quarterback. He's and thirty-six then, years old. He is thirty-six years old. But that being said, do you remember what his his stats were his freshman year? He had forty-one oh, he touchdowns, absurd. like five interceptions, something stupid. He was fifth in the Heisman voting. I yeah, mean, he was he was incredible, and that was with Tom Herman. And then everybody mm-hmm. said once Tom Herman left, Tim Beck came in, and yeah, the wheels kind of fell apart right. in terms of his development as a passer. So you know, Joe Burrow is obviously not going to go into that situation and start. And after JT Barrett establishes himself as a starter. He's not going to start over JT Barrett. No. That's just not going to happen. So He was an eighth-year senior. There's no chance. Yeah. So after J, JT Barrett's long career finish, this was really his first chance to try and compete for the job. Right. So in that quarterback room, you've got Dwayne Haskins, Tate Martell. Tate Martell, SEC fans probably know pretty well, former Texas A&M commits. Right. Uh, that did not end so well there, and he eventually went to Ohio State. So Tate Martell is not the one who's going to be starting a quarterback. It's going to be Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was a guy who Urban Meyer said was the best quarterback prospect he had ever seen. Tim he, Tebow? He, Cam literally, Newton? he Nuh-uh. recruited Tim Tebow. Yeah. And no, Alex Smith. He liked, he liked Dwayne. No, I don't think he recruited Alex Smith. He no, was, either way. I think it was like 2002, yeah. Um, but anyway, 
Yeah, so that's what Urban Meyer thinks of Dwayne Haskins. So how in the world is Joe Burrow without start without playing in in, in like meaningful reps in games? How is he going to vault ahead of that competition? Then of course Haskins beats Michigan last year after right. JC Barrett gets injured, and you know he there was really not not a whole lot he could do. Joe Burrow comes out in the spring game and balls like. Looked yeah. really, really good. Looked the part. Has progressed every single year. So now, because of that spring game performance, because of the fact that Urban Meyer has said so great, some great things about him after his three years in the quarterback room, and oh, by the way, he's got two years of eligibility. That's why he's going to be a big time target. I didn't watch the Ohio State spring game. I know it's going to shock you. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and no, throw that out there. I thought you would. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm usually like, like really big into the Ohio State spring game. This year, it came on the same day as the Northwestern spring game, and I, I decided to watch that. Northwestern spring game got canceled, so Shut that's up, why I Connor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, it's just weird to me that like, okay, Haskins is in the sporting news top ten. I think he's like number seven on the list of top quarterbacks for this upcoming year, and he hasn't played much. Two is like number two. I don't know if this kid was in it, but it's like, yeah, like, what, I mean, it's just a small sample size. Like, well, I mean, what, what, where should he go? But then you look at the SEC. I think Texas is the best bet for him because of Herman. Could end that up at Texas said, because of Herman. There's agree. a lot more opportunities in the in the SEC, but like, where where would you want to go? So, so Florida <laughs> is the, the the one that jumps out to me. Florida and LSU are the the two big ones that I think are will make a serious play. People still trying to go to LSU. Them. Like like does that vault like quarterback? LSU is like the like no offense guys. I'm not talking like not as a program, but strictly as a program when it comes to draft eligible or like I guess like quarterback transfers. That is like the Kmart or like like the the whatever crap. It's like the county fair compared to like Six Flags. Like are we really still going to that? Are we really still gonna go there? We we've already seen what we have to offer there. It's just County I mean, got oh no, State Fair's got all like the good fried food. Okay, you're yeah, right. but County I'm Fair's just I'm food. saying like, like we 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 yeah, we've done the tilt a whirl enough times. It's not that much fun. Let's go on the loop to loop. I don't like we. There's not much we're gonna do here. Joe Burrow is gonna look at that graphic that I don't know if LSU actually put this out, but I in my head they put this out of. Danny Etling, only SEC only quarterback, SEC quarterback draft in 2018. He's going to see that. That offense, like, oh, though, man. is like, that's like riding that stupid little horse thing out, out front. You put the quarter in out front of Kmart, and you just go back and forth. That That's like the equivalent of, like, the create creativity of their offense. Well, especially now that Matt Canada is not there and they can't just run a billion guys in motion. Right. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's going to – Burrow is going to be, like, as long as he's without of school – He's going to be a guy that is is talked about more than usual, and people are going to say, "Oh, draft, you know, he could be the next Malik Zaire." <laughs> I get, I get that, and I get the the fact that people are not going to be as high on the idea of him coming in because of if he goes to Florida, especially yeah. because Malik Zaire flamed out. I would argue though that Malik Zaire's competition ahead of him at Notre Dame was a little bit different. And mm-hmm. for the record, the last time Joe Burrow was the starting quarterback, he was Mr. Ohio, or he was Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. He threw like 63 touchdown passes and two interceptions his senior year. Like he what? put up crazy numbers. Like the guy is okay. The guy's good when he's given an opportunity. And so you play against Hoover. Yeah. So you, you come play against play, Hoover. Bring that crap down here to Hoover Parkview and see what happens. Roll Tide. Can he play in the South? Well, we, we all know that LSU and Florida basically just take, like, Big Ten rejects and plug them into yeah. their starting job. So. <laughs> Actually, well, if he was from Purdue, I think he would already be at one of those schools. Right Without now. a doubt. He had to be, yeah, he had to be at LSU. And, oh, good God. Or, or Florida. Don't, don't yeah. forget about Austin Appleby. <laughs> I tried my best, too, to be honest. But he, he's, he's going to have 
a lot of options. And I'll say this, just one more one more quick reference about like the grad transfer thing, because I already see people complaining about the fact that we make too big of a deal out of these grad transfer quarterbacks. And it's true, and I get it. But here's here's the reference that I'll make. And this is a little story time for you. Here we go. So Hurricane Irma came through, came through and swept through basically the entire state of Florida. I live in Orlando. It even hit us really hard. Didn't hit us as hard as others. But you know, we woke up the next day and you know, we were without power. And you know, we had stocked some food, but not a ton of food. And it was pretty much like, you know, your basic canned tuna and like some soups and stuff like that. That sounds like what you eat every day. I know. So by the time by the time that, you know, dinner time rolls around that next day and you've been without power for a full day and it's ninety five degrees and you're, you know, in your place because you got no AC and it's September in Florida. And you're like, I just need something, man. I, I just need something. I'm looking in the cupboard. The cupboard is bare. I, I, I can't. It's so. It's going to be so depressing if I just eat this. And that's what it's like for for a program like LSU right now, who's yeah. looking in, who's you know, who's looking in the cupboard and saying, Wow, we don't, we don't really have the options that we'd like. So what my wife and I did was, you know, because all these places are closed. You know, nobody has power. The only place that had power within maybe like a three mile radius of us, the oh only my God. Like restaurant was Domino's. That's not bad. And so, so my wife and I, you know, on a typical night, you know, we're not going to Domino's. On a typical day, a program like LSU is looking at Joe Burrow. It's little Caesars. You know, yeah. Well, they're looking at other options besides somebody like right. him. And not to say that Joe Burrow isn't, you know, great. We don't know what he can be yet. But in that moment when you're desperate and you're just like, I need, I need something. I need something right now. So we waited in line at Domino's and we got, we got our pizza. We were so grateful because it was there and it was something yeah. that when you're when you're in that moment you realize that crap we're we're like kind of desperate right now we need something to turn this to to get some hype to just to get yeah. some excitement to get some new blood you know i guess you're not having blood I'll, with your domino's pizza I'll do it. But well sometimes you are it depends on i mean i live in atlanta so there's one on the edge end of my street and that's pretty good yeah, i don't know what goes in there yeah so i i get the desperation it's supply and demand these drag, grad transfer quarterbacks, especially when they've got two years to go, you think that you don't have to develop them the same way that you that you would right. do like a true freshman. I get it; it's attractive. Joe Burrow's they have, have more a lot toppings of than a than a little rank. Rank your your top pizza chains right now. Pizza chains? I'm not a big pizza chain guy. See, it doesn't matter. You, I mean, you brought, you're the one that brought it up. You tell us right. this long I'm story of bravery about about Domino's. <laughs> It was so good though. There like, I was we, we going uphill both ways to get a meat lovers. Eight miles each way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I probably. I mean, pizza chains. I'm not. I'm just not big on pizza chains. Like, I know this is gonna sound bad, but oh boy, like I'd maybe go Papa John's. Is that yeah, like a duh. trash choice? No, it's. A, it, they're all trash choices. It's pizza yeah. chains. I don't. I, I'm really not a big pizza chain guy. I go. We go. We go local here. Or, you know, when I'm back in, in Chicago, yeah. we go local there too. All right, so. well, I'm glad I brought it up. Thought we'd have a little fun there, but I was, I was surely mistaken. I just shot that down. <laughs> right. Moving on, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts, speaking of SEC quarterbacks uh, in the transfer market, potentially. I was playing this little game in my head. I think it's a game that maybe a few people have played, but maybe never fleshed it out. So we're going to flesh it out. That's what we're doing. It's summertime. Kill Mary. SEC. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, no. So... I'd like to picture a world in which Jalen Hurts could go to any school in the country that he wants and start in 2018. I'd like to think that this, these transfer rules are going to pass. You know, what, if we're looking at a situation where quarterback or you know whoever the, the grad transfer is uh, doesn't have to be a grad transfer actually. If you have a GPA 3.0 or better, you can play right away. Let's just say, just to isolate that variable, that Jalen Hurts fits that criteria and he's allowed to play in 2018. So if he could go anywhere, SEC yeah. schools included, no restrictions, where would he start in 2018? 
starting in the SEC. Yeah, let's just look at the SEC. Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. I, I, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, boy. It's a fun game if, already. <laughs> you have to factor in. You factor in scheme. You factor in incumbent starter. I did. Okay, so, all right. He's, I just want to make starting that over all those three. He's starting over make, Kyle Shermer. If you're telling me he's not, have, we have a problem. I shouldn't have interrupted you. Kyle Shermer's been working out with Jay Cutler, so I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, cool. He's basically going to throw for 50 Cutler, touchdown so. passes next year. Yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, sorry for interrupting you. Continue. Okay. Go ahead. Vanderbilt, Kentucky. What did I say? Tennessee. I'll say that Bentley starts over him, but whatever. They're the same age. You know that? They actually oh, were almost. They were. They were first runner up and uh, and prom king. Like yeah. less than less than three weeks ago, I think. Should have been at their prom. Should have been at their yeah. prom. Florida, without a doubt. Who else is in the East? Not Georgia. Not South Carolina. What team am I missing? Not Mizzou. So that's everything. West. LSU. He could start. Uh, yeah, in the West, LSU, A and M, Arkansas. I wouldn't say Ole Miss. There's Mississippi one that State, for you to... Probably Mississippi State. No, come on. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> just, not do that. I just wanted to see if your head would explode. No, Joe Moorhead doesn't like guys that can't throw. Oh, here we go. No, but so, yeah, I would say eight out of the 12 teams. You're forgetting a pretty big one. There's no chance he played Auburn. There's no chance. I, Stidham's a better quarterback than him. How would Auburn fans feel about you saying that? Uh, they, they should hopefully like it. They're state champs. They bragged about it all last week. How would Alabama fans feel about you saying that? I'm talking. I'm telling the truth. We've already had the visual. We know that Jalen Hurts. You know he could pull off an Auburn jersey. We saw oh, that, that was that with Charles Barkley. Yeah, I, I think that's the the really fascinating one. I agree with you that I don't think that he would start at Auburn because I think that Gus Malzahn has invested so much into yeah. Jared Stidham, and I think that he would really try and make sure that that worked. That's a good. That's a big selling point for him and his future negotiations when he's Man. trying to get twenty million dollars. I tell you oh. what, one of the biggest nightmares, potential nightmares of of my, I wouldn't say young life, but first thirty two years is when yeah, Kirby Smart interviewed. He interviewed at Auburn, Man, like four be... or five years ago, and I was like, please God, no, I can't. Like this cannot happen. Can you imagine if that was happening? Wow, why I have to be a basketball fan? Because I don't know. Because I, I tried to suppress it down. My therapist told me I shouldn't tr- bring it up. I'm kidding. That's, that's, that's interesting. That's really interesting <laughs> to think about, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think he'd start Auburn over Stidham. I mean, people think Stidham's gonna be a first round draft pick, which is asinine. But I mean, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think he could. I don't think he could start at Auburn over Stidham. There's no chance. Maybe at running back. But his name's spelled with a Jalen. If he's spelled with a K, then yeah, like if it was Kalen, without a doubt, he'd be the starter. Cameron, carry on, Chris with a K. They got a lot of Ks down there. They do. I it makes no that. sense. Yeah, I don't Why know. Why do they do that? Casanova. I think that was a C. But either it's way, it's like uh, the old Houston Astros with the the killer bees. Like, why does everybody that's good with the Astros have like a B first or last yeah. name? Like, but why? Bagwell's a, a name that's like, oh, that makes sense. But if it was like Dagwell or so, yeah. it makes no sense. <laughs> it's like just spell with a C, man. Just spell with a C. It makes just like every time I'm at Starbucks and they put Chris with a K, I'm like, you know what? I'll throw this coffee on you right now. I don't care. I'll, I'll pay $7 for this mocha latte. And just throw it all over you. Wait, what about Berkman? Berkman could have been Kirkman. Probably e- yeah, easier Yeah, that would make Berkman. sense too. You know what? Yeah. We should just rename the entire 2001 Houston Astros. <laughs> and we'll <laughs> rename the entire 2017 Auburn Tigers and yeah. give them C instead of K. Didn't they have a yeah. – yeah, Cameron was – and he had a Y in there. Yeah. It's That's two just guys creative. with first names that start with C. We're definitely a, a pro C podcast. Yeah. Keonce. That would be a big good. one. Connell Trump. You don't see that one every day. No, you don't. Kim Jump. Ooh, Kim Jump. He just be Kim. Yeah. All right, we've gone yeah. off the rails. Yeah, we have. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting to look at a few of those scenarios and think, 
okay, if he really is the best free, going to be the best free agent in college football history, if he hits the open market, yeah. as his dad said, would he actually start at all of these places? Because it's it's funny that you look at, I did quarterback rankings every single week of last season. That's what I'll have to do during this year. It's something SEC fans like, Man. and it's something that we provide them. Sounds even tough for a job. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's not the only thing I do in case you didn't notice. Got a few other things on my plate, just saying. But not complaining. Love my job. Love no, everything I, mean, I, I get to I do. Just, but I do I, it every Monday. They do. Well, yeah, every year we do have to do stuff like that. So we do it every Monday. Jalen Hurts was number one quarterback for like like 13 weeks of the season. Yeah. And in my head, I'm saying, yeah, I would take him over anybody at these other places. But then you kind of break it down. And you're like, wait, but would you actually take him over? Kind of sounds Lock like you tomorrow? just didn't. You just outed yourself for not knowing what you were talking about last apparently year. Apparently, I did. So yeah, <laughs> everything I wrote last year was. Apparently I mean, just trash. here's the thing. No, I, I, he was, he was 26 and two as a starter. He looked like trash. I mean, I guess he got the win in the national championship, right? As a starter. Yeah, I mean, like starters who go five innings and yeah, major league yeah, games exactly. are eligible for the win. He's, so let's, he went let's five and a third and had four earned runs. Great, yeah. great day, Jalen. I mean, he's a good quarterback. What I would do if I was him is get out of the SEC immediately because I, I don't want to deal the with the same. I don't want to deal with like how many different interviews am I going to have to do with with what's his name? Not Vern Lundquist. He's gone now. Gary Danielson. How many times do I have to answer the question about Saban? God forbid he has to play against Tua. I don't want that. That sounds awful. That sounds awful. The week I actually kind of like that, Gary Danielson. Am I, I love, I love Gary Danielson. But I'm saying, okay. like, I don't want to hear the same stupid interview. What's it going to be like, like going up against Tua? What's it going to go like going up into Nick Saban defense? That sounds awful. Plus, Nick Saban's pretty good at scheming. So, I mean, yeah, go, go to the Big Ten. I don't know if he's... I really don't know what the market would look like. He could play over that kid from 10. Wisconsin. But the, all right, so here's the thing. Yeah, he's better than Alex Horn. Triggered. Obviously. Triggered. <laughs> I'm not triggered by by any means. <laughs> but you know, he's got a certain set of skills, and if you're not willing to adapt to what he's going to do, then yeah. you know what's what's really the point of having him? I, Ohio State actually like schematically just you know take all the other variables away. I know we just talked yeah. a lot about Dwayne Haskins, but that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. There are not a lot of programs in the Big Ten that would have an offense that's that's really conducive to Jalen Hurts' skill set. So that would be the the problem there. Not that they're uh, they really are in, like, pretty the Big good 12, until that one game against Auburn at Auburn. Yeah, it's a top ten team. It's crazy. It's one one game. <laughs> He, he lost two games in his career. One was at Auburn, who had just beat another number one team. It's a top ten team on the road in a rivalry game. I will say he did fumble from shotgun twice, which made no damn sense. And then the other one he lost was against Deshaun Watson in the national championship game with one second on the clock. So as much as we're talking about this, let's just not forget that he's one second from never buying another drink in Tuscaloosa again. Just like me, because I run out of my tab. <laughs> You're a little bit more than one second away from that. That's though. true. Yeah, that's fair. All right. We got uh, updated national championship odds from Westgate Superbook. They do this kind of throughout the offseason, but I think it's – I always take note of when something changes and why something changes. <laughs> like you know, dominoes. Like dominoes. Dominoes all of a sudden is looking a lot more attractive. Um, there are certain bets that look pretty attractive. If you're looking at just the SEC, the teams with better than I'll just I, run you down. Know, I guess we could just count out the fact that dominoes will never be a sponsor of this podcast now. What? I don't know. I <laughs> just praise dominoes. Off the list. <laughs> I praise dominoes. No, we want dominoes as a sponsor. I know I do. 
So the, the teams with better than 200 to one odds, South Carolina at 200 to one, Mississippi State 100 to one, Mizzou 100 to one, Florida 100 to one, Texas A&M 60 to one, LSU 30 to one, really surprising, Auburn 25 to one, Georgia 7 to one, Alabama 7 Some of these teams, I don't understand why they even put them on here. Nevada, App State. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Ole Miss is on there. Ole Miss is in Pretty far down. Yeah, 500 to one. Can't go to the postseason. 500 to one. And you know what's sad? They're in the same group as Tennessee and Vanderbilt, also 500 to one, and Kentucky. If you're and if Arizona you're State, on, Herm Edwards. If you're betting on Ole Miss to go to a national championship in a year in which they are ineligible we for the postseason, we got some to talk about here. You are the eternal optimist. Georgia Tech 500 to one. I don't. I don't mind those odds. Those aren't bad. What? Nebraska three. Yeah, they get that offense. Hard to prepare for. We yeah, that's why teams have been preparing for it just fine, like the past four years or whatever. <laughs> Nebraska, they have the best D line in the country. They, Clemson crushes them every year because of that. Nebraska three hundred to one. Let's see here. Iowa, if they if they play it at Iowa, yeah, it's gonna be pretty tough. Yeah, Iowa could win the national championship that they played every single game at eight o'clock at Kinnick. You know who has the same odds as as South Carolina? Wake Forest. Yeah, that's surprising and. That so is surprising, Connor. That's surprising, <laughs> given the division that South Carolina plays in, and you get Georgia at home, but you also got to play Clemson. It's surprising. That's not why it's surprising. It's surprising because I just said Wake Forest about football in the same sentence. That's why it's surprising. Uh, Wake Forest okay, wasn't that bad last year. Sure. Hey, Texas A&M. They, yeah, just saying. In in a hundred to one. We got here, we had Mizzou, Mississippi State. That's weird they're together. That is the same as, ooh, and Florida. And Florida, yeah. Here's some other teams that also have 101 odds. Oklahoma State, like that. Oregon, it's kind of surprising. That quarterback's supposed to be like the number two quarterback taken in the draft. Let's see, Boise State. And then, oh, look, here you go, Kansas State. So the team that Mississippi State plays on the road in week two also has the same odds for the national championship. That's pretty interesting. Basically a coin flip. Yeah, basically a coin flip. One, one would say that matchup does not scare you. That's you that would say that. Okay, and then you move into the uh, the top. I mean, so have you have you gone over this yet with the the with A and M the top five teams from the SEC? Yeah, we you don't you don't pay attention to when I talk. My bad, Chris. This is I was looking this over this sad. stuff. A&M. I read all this, and you're just like repeating the information that I read. No, I you're thought it was interesting to see. You know what? You're the kid in school who the teacher will call on and say. Blah, blah, blah. Can you explain what I just said? Because they knew you weren't paying attention. Yeah, because I have and ADD, then, Connor. <laughs> yeah, it shows. You I was excited what? about it dominoes. Shows. All I'm saying is, listen, here we go. Bama's, Bama's odds continue to go down. Georgia's odds went down from 8-1 to one to 7-1. to one. So you look at across the country, the other teams that are, I guess, like in the top 10, Washington is the same as Auburn. Or no, I'm sorry, they're 20-1, to one, so they're ahead of Auburn. And then Michigan, Penn State, and uh, and Ohio State, which is crazy because they're all in the same division. Chris, you're a gambling man. All I want to know is who are you betting on? This is this is right Clemson. up your alley. Clemson you're and Ohio on? State. Okay. I would so take I would, if Ohio I had hundred dollars to put on this tomorrow, I would put it on Ohio State. They get all Michigan at home. Yeah, they get Michigan. They get Michigan at home. They don't have to play Oklahoma this year. They have they, TCU at a neutral site. That's easy. I mean, it's easier than than Oklahoma. I like Clemson a lot too because they um, they get A and M at home. And I'm trying to think. They get Florida State at home. No, they have, they have to go to Florida State. Either way, I don't think it'll be that that difficult. Yeah, I mean Clemson. Clemson should be really. I mean Clemson's gonna be really good this year. Clemson would be the the, the good bet. Like the if you're gonna bet a favorite, I, yeah, I would tend to think that Clemson because the money is never good with Alabama. Seven right. to four is. I mean, if you're willing to bet seven to four odds with a team like Alabama, so stupid. I, that, that's, there's, there's not no a fun. lot of upside in that. If no. you're betting on a team, so let's let's do this. 
I, I think LSU is a terrible bet at 30-1. to 1. I think that's ridiculous. That's absurd. But they're Given the same how every tough year. That schedule, that schedule is brutal. If they if they somehow get yeah, to a national that championship, that quarterback situation is brutal. That's why. Yeah. Well, until Joe Burrow shows up on campus. That's true. Just saying. So if you're betting on, let's bet on somebody at 50-1 to 1 or less. Who are you looking at? It doesn't have to be in the SEC. Since you have the odds pulled up right now, if you could bet 50-1, to 1, let's say, you know, you're putting 10 bucks down. Who, who are you looking at? At fifty to one, uh, fifty to one or, or, or less. Notre Dame, yeah. Ohio Notre State, Dame? Washington. What's Notre Dame? They are fifty to one. Okay, I like their schedule a lot this year. They got to play Michigan, but that's that should be easy. Yeah, uh, easy. Shea Patterson showing up. South whatever. Bend. Wow. Let's see. I wouldn't take USC. I would take. I like Washington a lot. I don't mind Oklahoma because they have that new quarterback. That should be pretty good. Kyler Murray. Yeah, Georgia looks great to be honest. At seven to one with like with all the new recruits they have coming in. It's hard to go away from Clemson, Ohio State because the schedule. But if I if I was so if, if it was twenty to one or less, I'm taking Washington, Ohio I said State, or Clemson. To one. I know, I'm, and I'm, I've got a, no, a new bracket. So twenty to one or less, that's my picks. I've had like the the playoff right now. I would say Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State and Washington. If I had to take anything from 50 to 1 to 20 to 1, I would take Notre Dame. I would take... Yeah, that's it. There you go. I'd put, West I'd Virginia. Put that, West Virginia's a good pick, too. I'd put that flyer down on Mississippi State 100 to 1. You oh know it. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to be too... I'm not saying Mississippi State's winning a national championship, not going that far. But, like, for the upside, maybe, maybe you roll the dice on a team like Florida just because, let's say they do add a grad yeah. transfer quarterback in the offseason. We know that defense is going to be good with Todd Grantham. We already love the running game. We maybe could see a situation where Dan Mullen is just the exact thing that that program needs, right. and they have enough talent left on that roster to be able to make a surprise run. I'm saying see, if you're betting long shots. Gambling, this is what we should I'm do every saying, week. I'm saying if you're betting long shots, Florida is very intriguing from that standpoint. Not that I think that they absolutely are going to be a contender this year, but I'm saying if I'm throwing money down on a team that's maybe got some upside and you kind of don't know, as opposed to a coach who's been there for 10 years, right. and I'm not going to say that, yeah, they're all of a sudden just going to win a national title out of nowhere. I think that's that's the, the more intriguing yeah, element to it. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, two teams that are going to be competing for a national championship next year. Well, maybe. Maybe till till the end. We'll see. Don't start. Auburn and Georgia. The the best rivalry in college football. As you it is. Once, it is the best rivalry in all college football. Okay, we'll leave it at that. I know you're a Big um, Ten guy. I'm just saying. I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think there are there are a few. What is Connor? Michigan State and Ohio State. Michigan State and Ohio State. It's always a it's always a very close game. It always comes down to one stupid field goal. Somebody named Nuremberger hits like a 38 yarder in the in the sleet and snow. I, I'd argue Michigan Ohio State's a, a touch better, but never heard um, of it. Yeah, whatever. All right, we'll move on. Two teams that are rivals, but might when be they, fighting over a certain recruit, guy named Tyler Fromm. Oh, you recognize that last name? It's Where's he from? It's, it's the younger brother of Jake Fromm. So he committed to Auburn uh, this past week. He is a 2019 tight end. And Georgia hasn't offered him yet, if I'm not mistaken. And Auburn, blow. Auburn beat him to the punch. So Gus Malzahn trying to get a little bit of intel, figure out what exactly Jake Fromm is putting in his Wheaties every day. Yeah. Trying to trying to just do whatever he can to gain Rogue a little game. bit of that advantage. He's losing his hair already, isn't he? A yes. little bit, a little bit. Hundred percent. Also, I see. He's Tyler Fromm is going to end up at Georgia. 
just bottom line. Kirby Smart has a tendency to, to close pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll close with this three-star tight end because he's related to his quarterback. But that being said, and he's, he's also, his name's Tyler, not Kyler. So it's like, boom, why is he going to go to Auburn? I, yeah, this is this is interesting to me. Like, I don't, I don't. The characters. Yeah, I just, I, I, it's, it's interesting to me only because like, how was Georgia not offered him? You yeah, know, so, Kirby Smart's met him. He's been at his house and like, you know, he's hung out with his family. You know, he's got a younger brother. You know, he's a tight end, and he's getting. If he's been recruited by Auburn and offered by Auburn. He's been offered by other people. You tend to, the big time programs, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, even the Georgias, they tend to be a little bit slow with their in-state offers. We offered Dylan Moses when he was in eighth grade. Yeah, but with the exception, I'm saying, if you let me finish, it's with the guys who aren't the blue chip number one prospects in America. Like they they tend to take a little bit of time because those offers get filled up very quickly. And if they're going to offer, they know that there's a very good chance that they're getting a commitment very soon after. And it changes just the way that you view your recruiting class. So whether or not he ends up at Georgia, I don't know. I don't really know the intel behind all that, what's going to go into that decision. But I know that it's going to be pretty fun to watch to see a bunch of SEC teams continue to fight over him. And the connection that he has in his family, if we actually do get to see, you know, Jake Fromm versus Tyler Fromm, you know, in 2019 or, or whenever this happens, I mean that would be it would be tremendous to see that on a yearly basis well, and to see you know not Jake they be on the same drafted field, number one overall to play for the Cleveland Browns. I, is like, going to be done by then? <laughs> probably. I don't know. No, but you know what's, what's here? Here's what's interesting for me, Tyler. And again, it's very early. I don't I don't see him not. First off, 2019. That's so depressing that we're this far into the world. I just, we're really old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially me. But like. I got a gray nose hair the other day, Connor. You have any idea how effing depressing that is? That's the worst thing that's ever happened to me, probably. Besides kick six. Anyway, Tyler Tyler Fromm. What what does that look like when he has to go to Athens the second week of November this year as an Auburn commit to watch his brother play against Auburn in Sanford Stadium? That's, I mean, like, what do you wear? (laughs) Let's break down, like, the real tough questions. He'll be like the parents, or like, uh, or like Brady Quinn's girlfriend. Um, oh God! Back when it was like, yeah, what was that? That was AJ. Hawk's AJ Hawk's sister. Sister was <sighs> Brady Quinn's. I, they're they're married now. I'm pretty sure. So that's you know that all worked out in the end. But yeah, like the half jersey, something like that. AJ Hawk that works. Oof. Yeah, AJ Hawk made a good living for himself. He has. But yeah, the, so the the bigger picture thing about this with Tyler Fromm committing, Auburn got three commitments from the state of Georgia last Auburn's week basically alone. in Georgia. That's why. I, I know, but interesting that he, that, okay, so you also get a five-star linebacker, Owen Popo yeah. commits yeah. to commits to Auburn. That's that's a big-time get. Yeah. Whether or not Kirby Smart is going to have something to say about that in the end, you know, that remains to be seen. But right. a nice little week for Gus Malzahn, especially after Kirby Smart's getting all this praise, all this yeah. money, all this off-season love, to be able to say, hey, I can go into your state and I can recruit just fine. <laughs> all I got to do is just tiptoe across the line because it's literally right next door. I No, I swear to God, in Atlanta, there's more Auburn fans than there are in Auburn. Like, it's just crazy to me. Because every really? kid, yeah, every kid named Braden that went to, like, a private school in the metro Atlanta area, his parents are like, where do you want to go, son? You didn't have a good enough grades to go to Georgia. He's like, I'm just going to Auburn, I guess. That's going to come back to home. I shouldn't have said that, that really but I, I just, I don't care. Like, so Braden with a Y is going to Auburn. I'll tell you that, right? Living in Atlanta, that's one thing that drives me crazy about, like, every single, like, Auburn fan will, like, tell me about, like, how... Oh, did you not go to Alabama? I'm like, no, I paid for my college, so it was hard for me to go out of state. Anyway, that being said, who's the kid that they got? They picked up this week. Was it the five-star linebacker that said that Auburn was going to go five and zero against or four and zero against Bama? Ooh, 
That's bold. Hot Considering take. kids usually stay three years and then go off to the NFL. That's really bold. We're so going to go four and Four years. Yeah. Four and oh. I don't, oh, man. That's throwing out there. That's, that's pretty confident. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It, 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 I, think, I think when it's all said and done, Tyler Fromm will end up in Athens. You heard it here first. Sorry Chris if Miller. I offended anybody named Brayden. Breaking news. <laughs> We're going to end with Athens as well. This is a kind of a Georgia, a little bit of a Georgia-heavy podcast. But that's okay. Uh, a guy who's actually no longer in Athens, but got a lot of stuff stolen in Athens. It's time for <laughs> It Might Mean Too Much. Roquan Smith, first-round pick, Chicago Bears. Just a guy trying to get out of his college town. But apparently he's going to be getting out of it with a lot less stuff. Because his aunt posted on Facebook the other day that Roquan had a bunch of things stolen. Apparently he got his 2017 Georgia jersey stolen, as well as his 2017 helmet, Rose Bowl jersey, the, the jersey he wore in the national championship, the iPad that he got from the Bears that's got all the, like, the playbook and stuff on it. He had watches and sunglasses. So like when this first came out, everybody assumed his house got broken into. Apparently, it was his car that got broken into. And he Roquan had all Smith this was living stuff in, in his car. Why? Why? What are you, like, why, did, why was all this stuff in his car? Why was every, like, also, okay, whoever did it is a garbage person. We'll throw that out there. And also, if they ever make a, another Ocean's, Ocean's 11 movie, Ocean's second and 26. Boom. Ooh, that's yeah. interesting. Kept the streak alive. Had to bring it up again. Like, who is who's doing this? But also, like, what? I don't know what kind of car he drives. What? What all could he have fit in this car? I have a Cadillac. Know. There's a a bunch of stuff I can fit into that trunk. I don't have at I, my golf clubs are in my car right now, and I think some Christmas gifts that I still haven't taken inside. I don't have all of my like ninety percent of my net worth from college in the back of my car ever at, at one point. Maybe he was in his, like, maybe he was just in his, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he was in his trunk and sometimes when you got a lot of stuff to take in, you take in your groceries and you forget that you got that in the trunk. Yeah. I, f- I leave my golf clubs in the trunk all the time. Yeah. Whatever. That stuff I don't want my almond milk to spoil. I'm going to bring this inside. But that being yeah. said, I don't have my, <laughs> I don't have my, my helmet your and jersey. Quiche, your quiche that's sitting in the car. <laughs> oh, I love quiche. Had it on my oh. birthday. I had two of them. I mean, but like that, yeah, that's like, what, what are you doing? Why is all this stuff in there? They're know. Bears iPad. Yeah, so and if you're the person who stole this, this story goes national. And everybody yeah. knows the stolen items. So then you turn around and try and sell this stuff. Aren't people going to know, hey, like as soon as you put this on eBay, yeah, that's the guy who stole all this stuff. Report him to right. the authorities. Maybe maybe I'm being naive. And or just that, some like asshole college kid just going to be walking around next fall in Athens and like, Short shorts and Sperry's with like a like a legit Roquan Smith jersey and his helmet, I guess. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, throw it on there. Why not? I thanks mean, a lot, Braden. Jeez, this is why we can't have nice things in the South. This has been this has not been the best podcast for guys named Braden. It's a Braden heavy podcast. A lot of Braden hate. Named, girls can be named Braden too, can't they? I'm not. Girls can steal things. This day and age, equal opportunity, Connor. It's they, 2018. They, they use our names, so. <laughs> unwillingly for the most part unfortunately that's the way that works but what are you gonna do all right we're gonna end with uh we're <laughs> i'm t- totally different we're gonna end with some five-star reviews you guys gave us our birthday wishes we appreciate it so much we love getting five-star reviews for our birthdays make it all year round we, we you know there are other holidays coming up i'm not a mother but you want to give us some a five-star review for mother's day go ahead why not we'd make great moms i think so anyways this first one is from our guy Rob St. Jean, a big, big fan of the Facebook Live that you do every single week. 
One Big of the most, time. one of the funniest Facebook follows I have on Facebook too, Robert. Just giving you a shout out on that. You are hilarious on there, and your kid. The stories you have with your kid. I'm assuming that's your kid. Awesome. He had, a, he had a great review for us that he left. The subject was Roll Tide. He said, much more fun and engaging than other college football podcasts. It doesn't make you feel like you're just listening to two random people have a conversation. Connor does a ton of research and makes great points. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Chris, Chris is there. Is a, <laughs> Chris is a true SEC fan and keeps it fair regardless of his personal bias. What personal bias? Uh, yeah. Well worth subscribing even if you don't get the free sticker anymore heard that first. And I'll tell you something right now, Robert St. Jean, you think I don't ever do any research. How about you go back and look it up, look up some of them stats I gave you about high school football today. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think you gave any stats about high school football. I told you about the the runner-up to the national champions three years in a row. Told you about Hoover High School, Alex Smith's number, or Alec whatever his name is, number. Max was number 24. Yeah. I got this unlocked. You know what? Ross Wilson, number 14. Played second base in the in the Rangers organization. That's not I research. Repeat, I just know a lot. Was it repeat Smith 91? 94. <sighs> I think he might be right. I think it was 91. Was he 91? I just wanted to be right because Connor does all the research. <laughs> Shut up, Robert. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. Uh, <laughs> that was, that's a great review, though. Absolutely love it. Another one from uh, Bax Max. Uh, subject line, love it. SDS gets you some of the best news before the other guys sometimes. Highly recommend if you like sports of any kind, five stars. That's a five-star review. We love it. Boom. Another one. This is from AGH0915. AJH. Oh, yeah. AJ. I don't do podcast research, but I can read, so there's that. (laughs) Take that, Robert. (laughs) Great listen. Uh, Love the podcast. All SEC, all the time. Go dogs. Statman2316. Hut, hut. Love the podcast. Goes in-depth into the SEC on everything from recruiting to coaches and the next best player to come out of every team. Then leave no team. They leave, they leave no team in the conference unrepresented. Boom. Love it. This is from Kenny K underscore 03. Go Cox. He said, a great podcast. A must listen to. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. That's Kenny nice. K must have gone to Auburn. Love it. <laughs> Somebody's going to have a review, and it's going to be like, yeah, my name's uh, Kurt. I'm an Auburn fan. And you guys hit the nail on the head. <laughs> my name's Caitlin with a K. My boyfriend's name is Brayden. We did not appreciate this week's episode, but still pretty good listen nonetheless. Three stars. Two more real quick. Uh, this is from all on uh, SY sure. Alexa. Alonzi Alexa. Alonzi Alexa. Ta- we'll just, yeah, ta- Alonzi Alexa. Okay. Saturdays are best in the South. She said, truly one of my favorite podcasts. Great relative Relevant Good content. Lord. Man, in I your can't read dome. today. I can't read. So you, <laughs> Why you don't take we leave? the last one. I'll take the last one here. Bam. Bam. Alum. Bama Drummer. <laughs> no, it says Bama Alum approved by Bama Drummer. Great podcast. Duh. Very informative. It feels like I'm listening to my, to, to my friends discuss football, and I'm always down for that discussion. Keep up the good work and roll tide. Oh, here's Love one it. more from Chris's mom. Chris does a great job on the podcast. Connor's okay, but Chris is superior at research and reading. That's weird. I don't. I didn't read that. That's weird. I'm I don't playing. know that your mom likes you that much. My mom loves me. She and she loves the podcast. Actually, she actually asked about you a decent amount. I'm like, all right, Aww. all right, get over it. Shout out, shout out to Mrs. Uh, Miss, does your mom go by Mrs. Marler? No, they are. Uh, they are. They are. <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. 
Sorry about that. That's, no, they actually celebrated their uh, 33rd year of divorce this year, so it's, it's a good <laughs> Shout out to Chris's mom. Yeah, she's we'll the best. Patty Sue Burton Pie, she's a pastor in Lexington, South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. Well, thank you guys for, seriously, all the five-star reviews. As much as we, we joke and we have fun with them, we really do appreciate it. It means a lot. Yeah. Makes our days when we get those. Uh, makes our days when we get to do this podcast. And even though it is summer, and yes, we realize that uh, the topics are, you know, they're, they're not always I think this is our best episode. News. I had a blast. I think, hey, I think every episode is our best episode ever. Well, that's, that's a stretch. Hearts. I was being genuine on that. But I mean, yeah, I thought oh, this is a good one. <laughs> I felt like I I was on fire, and I hope we don't ever have to talk about football. We could just talk about fun stuff like the Met Gala next time. And uh, Auburn people with uh, K names. (laughs) All right. For Connor, Braden, and Chris, (laughs) you guys have a great week. And just remember, it might mean too much. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.